Let's refine your beauty IQ with help from the most credible and relevant industry leaders and resources. We'll help uncover the answers to your most commonly asked questions, tie them up with a pretty bow, and serve them up on a silver platter. I'm Annie Thurston, board-certified aesthetics nurse injector. And I'm Jenna Irby, licensed esthetician. Welcome Welcome to to Charm Charm School. I would say spend where it's going to make the most impact and what people will remember. So typically for larger events, it's going to be your entertainment. People remember the band. People remember the music. That's kind of what sets the vibe for the party. Yeah. So spending there where it matters, that person is going to emcee or kind of walk you through your whole wedding, especially if you don't have a planner. So I think that's huge. Food and drink, like people want good food. People want a good bar. So spending there and maybe a little bit less on some of the decor items if you are on a budget. Right. Because those may not matter as much as, you know, the food, drink, and entertainment. But I will say as far as budget conscious decor is involved, some of our clients who are like, oh, I'm just going to make my own invitations or I'm just going to make my own centerpieces. We don't really do a whole lot of that anymore. But I I used to see a lot of that once the DIY kind of like movement came through. <laughs> right. It is not less expensive to do that. No, like, totally. It is not. not. So unless you're somebody who is a crafter and you love that stuff. And so for you, that time is well spent. Right. Don't do any of that. Like I would just mix the, you know, homemade chandelier over buying all the stuff to make the the homemade homemade chandelier. chandelier. (laughs) Hey guys, on today's episode of Charm School, we are so grateful to have the boss babes of Amoni with us, Jennifer and Sarah. They are truly the hostesses with the mostesses and are going to give us some great tips and tricks on how to elevate your guest experience in any event, including weddings, corporate settings, um, personal parties, they're here to help us elevate your party skills. Totally, which we are all obviously very obsessed with around here. I love hosting a good party. And while their brand is primarily weddings, they do have lots of other events. So with the beginning kind of starts a little bit bridal, but there is definitely some cool info at the end that I think anybody could, you know, really benefit from listening to. So I know I learned a few things. We did learn a few things, which is always what we're trying to do here at Charm School. We want y'all to learn and we are here to learn alongside you. Yes. And... Annie, you just actually hosted a party at Skin Charm this past weekend, didn't you? I did. What was it called? So we had our uh, first annual Galentine's event, which was fantastic. Bajent was here, of course, to help me with all of the things. But um, I love, like I said, I love parties. I love showers. I love details. I love mm-hmm. making people feel, so, you know, celebrated. I love celebrating little things. And um, yeah, just little personal touches go a long way. So it's it was really cool to kind of give our our patients like a little fun thing to do and celebrate how much we appreciate them. Yes, I love it. And, you know, in our own brands and in our own client patient experiences, it's so important that we are delivering um, that experience in a really positive way. And so although this episode of Charm School isn't about beauty and wellness per se, it is sprinkling in that pleasingly aesthetic eye by us having these girls here and just going into why details do matter. And just like why details matter when you come here for a facial or when you come here to get injectables, you know, everything is in the detail and we want your experience to always be amazing. And as it should be when you're hosting a party. Yeah. And all the ladies who lunch love a good event and they (laughs) love good parties. So (laughs) we are here for that. We are here for that. We are here for the events, the parties, the facials, all the things. All the things. And we learned a little, uh, a new thing that you guys might want to listen for in the episode. It's called the through line. 
I'm not even going to say anything more about that. That's going to be your secret word for the episode. But it really was something I think we all kind of attached to. And um, I will definitely be using that for my future planning. Me too, girlfriend. So with that, let's get into the episode. Hello, ladies. Good morning. We are so excited for today's episode. We have the Amoni babes here, Jenny and Sarah. Hello. Welcome, morning. These are the hostesses with the mostesses, <laughs> and they are here to share with us um, about their adventure in entrepreneurship, as well as event planning, wedding planning. And we are so excited to have you guys here to share your tips and tricks and to give us all the secrets. Well, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for coming. I'm obsessed with hosting parties and everything parties, so I cannot wait to hear everything you have to say. With the mostest, we just hosted a party here last week, and are you hosted a party? We did. So fun. Yeah. So we're so happy to have you because here at Charm School, we do have a focus on beauty and wellness and health, but we do like to sprinkle in lifestyle from time to time because. We just love anything that's aesthetically pleasing and makes our hearts happy, which is planning. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. So we want to dive in with some questions for y'all. But before you guys came on, we were looking at some interesting facts and we went on to the knot and one of their surveys said that um, in a hundred, basically an average wedding, an average wedding hosts about 131 people. And within those groups surveyed, it said that 72% of those individuals their top priority was to make sure that their guests were having an amazing experience. That was like their number one priority. Mm -hmm. Do you guys find that to be true when you're? Yes. 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 So tell us about that. Um, So I would basically say since I've had the company, that's a newer phenomenon, having to make sure that your guests are having a good experience. I think you have this millennial generation who's really pivoted from having the focus be on the couple themselves and a celebration just of them and very self-focused to having this more community focus of everyone who's coming to the wedding really having a great time from start to finish, whether it's just a wedding day or a four-day event with welcome parties, rehearsal dinners, day after brunches. Um, That's definitely more of the focus now with our clientele as we're planning these events. Sarah and I don't even do a wedding anymore where there's not a big rehearsal dinner and a big welcome and a big brunch, like all of the things that are really creating an overarching experience yeah. as well as destination weddings. I think people really are focused on their guests because they are going to a destination and they want their guests to experience a destination. Again, moving the focus away from just a couple getting married in their hometown with just the people that they've known their entire Mm -hmm. life, celebrating Mm -hmm. the fact that these two people are getting married. Now it's more about the whole journey. The phenomenon, you mm-hmm. said. I and like yeah. that word because I think it is a phenomenon too. You know, we were just talking, Annie and I, like when our moms got married, how much literally. I think, I mean, it really transitions well, I think, into like our next question because things have changed so much. Mm-hmm. And we were joking about how when my mom got married to my dad, I think it was like in their pastor's office. They joked that a, there was like a swamp cooler. I think there was popcorn. <laughs> I'm sure guess. there was popcorn. Um, but yeah, it was totally small and about them. And um, which some people still do. Of course. But yeah. this phenomenon that you mentioned, I think makes sense, right? Like, what do you think has triggered this phenomenon? It's like social media FOMO complex. Like, like what what's is going on? <laughs> I definitely think that there is more knowledge out there. I think. Yeah. When I started the company 17 years ago, I was the couple's source of knowledge. They didn't have blogs. We didn't have Facebook. We didn't have Instagram Mm -hmm. or Pinterest. Mm -hmm. 
not anywhere close. No. I was actually one of the original Pinterest users where you had to be <laughs> yes. like invited by Pinterest to use their platform. Um, I was that's also amazing. one of the <laughs> first found me pretty wedding planners here in Arizona because they were just trying to get it off the ground. So those kind of things just didn't exist. Right. And so all that you really knew was what your planner was bringing to the table, but more so you knew what you had experienced as a couple, even if they didn't have planners. So you went to a wedding locally And if you did go to a destination wedding, it was just, again, what you experienced at those one or two weddings before you actually got married yourself. Now couples are experiencing hundreds and hundreds of weddings via social media, via apps, via blogs before they actually get married. So you have a lot of information that's now being inputted into couples' brains about what you can potentially do for an event. And therefore, the sky's the limit on what they're going to do for their actual event. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. But I think it's a little overwhelming because when you're planning for a year, a year and a half, and you have Pinterest and you have Instagram and people are instantly sharing, I think for brides, they can kind of change their mind too. But then it also goes back to them being focused on the guests because they know when the guests are there, they're going to be constantly sharing to everyone. Right. Everybody's seeing their event, their wedding, their welcome party. Like like it's maybe a little bit of added pressure for them, I think. Which yeah. I think that's like 100%. the kind of slippery slope that I kind of fall into. It's like you want this perfection, you know, that the details matter. But at some point it's like, OK, take a breather. Like, let's all it calm be down. fun. It should be yes. fun. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I think while social media is a blessing, it kind of can be our own worst enemy, too. I mean, when you have your brides that are coming in or people that you're planning events for, like, is it easy for you to tell when somebody is like trying to like hit this potential just because of that pressure? Do you yes. feel like? Yeah. And so how do you help kind of mediate that? I think we just try to remind them what the day is about. Mm -hmm. And it's about the couple and them getting married. And of course, their friends and family, but more what they want and not necessarily what everybody else wants or what they're seeing. And then just reminding them, we try and personalize it a lot for each couple. So when people come to the event or to the wedding, it feels like them. Right. So mm-hmm. we really try and figure out like who they are and how can we incorporate that into the wedding. Yeah. The event. Yeah. I think it's also important when you're faced with a client who wants it to be all about the after effect to really showcase what it is along the planning process that can also be just as exciting and just as fun and just as intimate and personal and not just pictures and video that happen after the effect. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one thing that Sarah and I really have tried really hard with our company to really set ourselves apart is yes, at the end of the day, everyone's inundated with things on websites and Instagram as they're scrolling and Pinterest as they're pinning. So weddings all tend to look very similar. Mm -hmm. There is kind of similar threads in what people are doing and there's similar ideas out there. So you have to focus on how you get to those ideas. So the ends don't necessarily always justify the means. If the means are stressful and overwhelming and hard to really grasp, I think you have to have a lot of fun along the way. I think you have to have a lot of perspective along the way. Mm -hmm. I think you have to have a lot of good conversation along the way and really just planning and yeah and the planning itself should be part of the story the planning how you are engaged I mean we have a wedding coming up in March where the couple's been engaged for two years so that's a long time to just probably change your mind a few times (laughs) or just to feel like overwhelmed and constantly like what are we going to do on you know so that it looks like a great wedding it should feel like a great wedding absolutely and if you're only 
focused on what it's going to look like, then you're not going to actually be present on the weekend. You're going to just be constantly overwhelmed by those feelings of what is it going to look like to people? So if we have them for a one or two year period of time and we're able to really shift their perspective that way, by the time they get to the wedding weekend, it's nothing but amazing funness. Right. Is there a way that you guys help them like prioritize and source inspiration and then execute that so that they're not so overwhelmed? Yeah. So we have a very specific design process with our clients. And part of that process is they get to tell us what they like, whether it's show us a Pinterest page or just cut out magazines or just sending us Instagram snaps, whatever it may be. They show us what they like. Some of our clients show us hundreds and hundreds of pictures that we then have to curate for them. Some of our clients, literally, I had a New Year's (laughs) Eve couple that I was like, tell me what you like. And they sent me a picture of Kate Middleton and James Bond. Oh, my God. (laughs) So I was like, okay. And so we designed an entire wedding over, you know, the course of months over those two pictures that they sent me. And so our job as planners and designers is to really take their inspiration curate it down. Cause then we also have clients who show us 25 million different weddings on a Pinterest board. And we have to really hone in on what focus is for them. Yeah. And our process really takes them through a journey on really making sure that at the end of the day, when we're detailing out on their timeline, what all of the choices are that we've picked for their weddings, they feel good about their weddings. So, and it also helps when we go into all the meetings with florals and rentals and linens, we have a clear plan Mm -hmm. so we can pull a couple options for them to see rather than going in somewhere and being overwhelmed by thousands of choices. Sure. Sure. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that sometimes weddings these days can, can look similar in some ways. Right. So like, what do you think right now, um, is like trending really hard in like weddings and event? Like what are like the must haves? I would say it's switched a lot. People used to want traditional big ballroom weddings. And now, especially with more Arizona, we have great weather, um, California, more destination. Everybody wants to eat outside. Mm -hmm. So it's really become more about having like an elegant dinner party and then moving into the ballroom for your dancing kind of after party feel. Yeah, I like that. Or tenting a space so that you can still enjoy the outside nature of, of wherever you're at. And then hosting all of the dancing and stuff within this beautifully curated and designed tent. That's totally yeah. custom. Mm-hmm. To you. Love it. It's actually pretty amazing how much Arizona, I would say, is I didn't realize I just got married like two years ago and we were looking at venues in Arizona and I didn't realize how many people come here for destination weddings. Like mm-hmm. I ended up doing a destination wedding in Napa. We didn't even get married here, but it's really crazy to me how many mm-hmm. people are coming here. So like how far in advance do you feel like someone should be booking you guys to make sure that they lock you down for their event? I would say at least a year mm-hmm. and 90% of our clients actually don't live here. So they are all coming in. It's about the whole entire weekend. And then a lot of it is the venues. We only have so many venues here. Mm-hmm. So that obviously gets booked up quick. Right. So I would say we usually book about a year out. And then if they're not booking about a year, they're usually coming in closer to a date that's just happens to be open for one reason or another. Um, and then when we're doing destination events and we're going to a place like Napa where there's wineries galore or, you know, wherever it may be, ranches in Montana or Jackson <laughs> Hole, we 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 can really um, kind of work with that like one year to, you know, one and a half year mark. Yeah. We all need to be so planning. Cool. When you're um, just like a little side note, when you're doing your, I didn't realize that you guys do destination weddings. So that's mm-hmm. so cool. Do you, how do you 
I guess, like find the best of the best with the vendors and the like, how much research do you have to do? Do you have to partner with anybody that's out there? Absolutely. So that's something that I've really built out in the business over the years. And most of the time it's because 90% of our clients don't live here. So then we have a connection to that family. And now that family may have another daughter who also wants to have a destination wedding, but doesn't want to do the same thing that their sister did. So then we're really kind of working at, um, you know, whatever they want. So I've decided that I um, would go to conferences outside of Arizona where I can meet other wedding planners, meet other photographers, florists, videographers, all of those really high-end people that are doing the same events that we're doing. They're just doing them in different parts of the country or even different parts of the world. We've been to Mexico a couple of times Mm -hmm. sourcing people down there, meeting great vendor teams down there. And then what we'll typically do is we'll typically reach out to that network and we'll say, hey, I met you at Engage or um, Create About Heart or whatever, wherever it would be. I'm having a wedding in your local town, whether they're a photographer. I had a photographer in Ohio help me with a lot of the things that I did for Kurt Warner's event out there. I have a wedding planner in California right now who's helping me with a destination event that I have in San Diego. Um, when I was in Napa, I had a girl who actually used to work for me here who then has Aww. moved to Napa because her husband's a winemaker. So you just kind of have to reach out to your network and really um, ask them who their preferred people are, but then we have a very specific process in vetting those people to make sure that they also are kind of within our general aesthetic and brand. Yeah, align with your vision. I think we always mm-hmm. talk about that too, is like as a business owner or as a brand, it's so important that you have resources available to your clients that are going to serve them best. Yes. So yes, we totally understand that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Love it. Um, we've talked a little bit about like the the guest experience, right? Like what makes the guests have a really amazing experience, which my favorite thing when I go to an event is the food. Yeah, <laughs> obviously. Uh-huh. You're not alone. <laughs> so like what are like some really great cra- crowd pleasing food options that are kind of like easy, clean, you know, just mm-hmm. easy for the the host to have. And budget friendly, probably and budget too. friendly. Yes. I would say the biggest trend in food right now is having lots of variety. Okay. I would say a lot of people like smaller portions, things that are a little bit more maybe hors d'oeuvre sized or maybe heavier hors d'oeuvre sized so that they can have lots of different things that really represent who they are. I think when people are coming to Arizona, one of the biggest things they ask for is Mexican food. Okay, yeah. Um, And so we definitely end up doing some sort of fiesta party or welcome party that has Mexican food incorporated. So that's really popular and definitely a crowd pleaser. I've Mm -hmm. not met one single couple or any of their friends who doesn't love Mexican food. Um, and then on the wedding day, I think there's just a lot of, a lot of variety, making sure that you have, you know, chicken dishes, beef dishes, seafood dishes, vegetarian dishes. I think vegan is like super huge right now too. So Mm -hmm. a lot of the chefs around town have gotten really good at creating things that are vegan, which is gluten-free, dairy-free. Vegan's not always gluten-free, but they usually will do something that's like gluten-free, dairy-free, um, vegetable based. So it's really cool. Are people getting away from like sending out their invite, like check this box if you want chicken or steak, or is it more like a buffet-esque style these days? I would say ours is still plated. More plated. And we are still giving the options to guests, but I think we're adding in like instead of a salad, doing another really fun first course. And then also later in the evening doing late night snacks. Mm -hmm. And instead of like a traditional wedding cake, doing a dessert bar and incorporating things throughout the evening. So the food doesn't just stop. It's like an ongoing food event. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, that's my favorite type of event. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. Um, Okay, so as far as like the guest experience, 
what else, because this seems to be very important to brides and grooms and, you know, the hosts of these events, like what else can you do as a host to elevate your guest experience? Like what are some tiny tips and tricks that are all in the detail that really can just elevate that experience? I would say at the end of the day to just pick one through line. I think a lot of times it's really easy to get yourself focused on maybe just a particular color of the event or a theme of the event. But if you find one through line, what do you mean through line? Yeah. So your through line can be something like a color. Maybe your color is, you know, pink like we're seeing today. So if your uh, color is pink, you can have pink balloons, pink flowers, pink linens, pink um, themed food or drinks or something like that. So if there's one through line and it just really represents the reason you're having the party, whether it's a birthday party or a engagement party or whatever, you can have just kind of one through line from like start brand. to finish. Learn something yes. new today, guys, at Charm School. Like through that. line. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> and then again, if it was like, let's say we go back to the Mexican food thing. Like mm-hmm. if you just are like, I want to have Mexican food. Okay, well then let's play off Mexican food. Like let's have a mariachi band welcoming people and let's have like really cool like Mexican themed blankets on the couches or, you know, something like that. If there's just one through line that you pick, then you won't get yourself distracted by putting everything under the sun into one event. And then when somebody leaves your event, they have a remembrance of that event because it's easy for them to grasp what it is you were trying to do. Yeah. I like that. I love that. That's so cool. Cool. We'll use that for our next events. (laughs) It makes sense. If you think about like celebrity events, like that, yeah, anybody that's obsessed with Kardashians, the mm-hmm. Malika shower that just happened with yes. her honey bears and like yes. all her honey pots and honey yes. combs. Yes. Uh-huh. I love that. It totally Me makes too. sense. And I like that kind of a through line. It's like in Stormy World, like that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. It was, it's an off the beaten path kind of through line, right? So it really did shape everything that they did for that event because the client said, I really like X. And then you can really relate everything back to X Mm -hmm. instead of getting yourself confused on, oh, we could also have like a travel themed kind of welcome, you know, escort card display. Well, why is that travel themed escort card display there? Did you actually travel to come to this wedding? Like Mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of things locally that I'm kind of like, oh, that's really interesting. Why would you do that? Right. You know, because (laughs) it was on Pinterest and it was repinned 25 million times. But, you know, if you do something that's unique to you and you create that through line for your entire party, then that's what people are going to remember. Yeah, these are such great ho- or tips for our hosts and planners, especially if they don't have somebody like you helping them. Like, mm-hmm. that's really great info. I love that. So as far as like etiquette tips for guests, what can we tell guests if they're invited to a party or a wedding, like some etiquette tips for them? Because we all know we have those people that like don't RSVP till the day before. Send a gift, people, please. Uh, I mean, what are like <laughs> What should the value of the, the gift be? <laughs> like, yeah. yes. How do guests be on their best behavior? What are some tips for them? So I would say going back to the gift, definitely send a gift and please pick one from the registry. Yes. Like the okay. Or returnable or the, at least. The bride <laughs> or the mom or whoever is telling you exactly what they want. Like pick something from the registry. Okay. They've spent a lot of time curating that and picking that out. So choose something from there. Um, and then the RSVPs is huge. Like try and send it back in, in a timely manner. Um, please show up to the event on time. Um, and then just be aware of like, even when you get your invitation or your, um, invite, even if it's an evite, make sure that whoever's being invited, you're only bringing that person. If it's an and guest, are your children invited? Just being aware of who you can bring to the event. Mm-hmm. Yes, as totally. well. Yes, that's a good one. 
Do you have any tips? Any additional tips? Um, I think as far as guest etiquette, you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I think when you come to somebody's event, remember why that event is taking place. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so again, we do weddings. And so a lot of times this is a celebration of this couple. And, you know, yes, yeah. it's an experience for you. But I think showing up on time is one of the things that irritates me the most as a wedding planner. I mean, the ceremony happens first you should be there on time. Yes. <laughs> this is a wedding. The whole reason you're getting a four hour party after this is because this, this couple decided to get married. So you should be there for the ceremony. It does not take any more effort to try to be somewhere 15 minutes early. I get really irritated sending the bride down the aisle when people are like still showing oh, up yeah. and not just like one or two, like I'm talking like 15, 20 people, like just decided to finally roll in. Yeah. Your hair is not as important as the no, bride's. No. Just get here. Put it yeah, in a ponytail and move on. <laughs> and, and please dress appropriately. And please dress yes. appropriately. Follow the dress code. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think being on time is like so huge. And then also just remembering while you're while you're there. It's not about you. It's about this couple. So maybe watch how much you have to drink because yeah. <laughs> that's probably not your show on the dance floor. <laughs> awesome. I have a question. actually. Okay. So kind of to piggyback on the event being about the people that are getting married or the people that are, it is for, I would say an interesting phenomenon that I encountered with my wedding, and you guys probably see this all the time, is that suddenly people that maybe aren't that connected to you or aren't that close to you, family members, whatever it might be, suddenly want a lot of involvement Mm -hmm. in planning the wedding. (laughs) And so, um, or have a lot of heavy opinions about weddings. How do you guys help to kind of protect your clients? You encounter that a lot where there's maybe a mom that wants all these certain things at the wedding and the bride is like, this is horrendous. I'm not doing this. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you deal with that? I think if you can give the people that are closest to you, like a mom or a mother-in-law or, you know, a friend, a small task that they can do, that's something that you want and you're already going to do and you can give that to them. So they still feel like they're a part of it and they feel like they're helping um, I think that that helps a lot. Um, and then just trying to remember and communicate to them like that this is your event and this is why you're choosing the things that you are. But so I'm a mom. I have three kids. And a lot of times I'll tell my clients, I'll say, you know, we told everybody what we were going to name our child. But if I were to do it over again, I would wait until the child was born. Because I feel <laughs> yeah. like if you give someone a cute little baby and you say, this baby's name is Oliver, they're like, oh, that's so cute. But if you tell them while you're still like in utero, they're like, mm, <laughs> are you sure opinions. Oliver? Like that may not be like the best name. And everyone has an opinion, right? So I tell my clients, I'm like, it's kind of like that. That's <laughs> like really good. I could don't, that. don't maybe share all of the information with your bridesmaids because they're going to tell you their opinions. And when they get married they're they have a right to their opinion. But this wedding is about you. Mm-hmm. So if mom and dad are involved and they're paying for things and things like that, obviously, those are opinions that we take into account. That's that person's family. I get more irritated when the bridesmaids are convincing my client that what they're doing is not correct or right or fun or on trend or, you know, things like that. Like they'll say the weirdest things to the client. And then the client gets very self-conscious about what we're doing, or even to the extent of like people giving advice, like, Oh, shouldn't you have your invitations out by now? I've literally had clients (laughs) tell me that 
like eight months in advance. <sighs> They've said, oh, my family's freaking out because I should have my invitations out. And I was like, what? There's no, no way we should have invita- invitations the, it's the out. The weird family from the woodwork. <laughs> they always come out. Weird woodwork family. But people will you know say who I'm talking that. about. <laughs> or you have a, a friend who doesn't have a planner who's getting married around the same time, who's doing it on their own timeline, and then they're telling you what they're doing. So, you know, just being confident in the decisions that you're making as a client and not getting sidetracked by everybody else, I think is really hard. But at the same time, you've got to just like know that everyone's going to have an opinion. So, as much as you can, maybe try to keep things to yourself. Yeah, I totally agree. So I used to do a lot of wedding makeup. I've retired since then. I don't yes. do wedding makeup Oh, I anymore. remember. <laughs> we worked together before. Um, you know, I think it's it's really amazing getting to be involved. And it's such an honor to be involved with somebody's wedding day. Um, you know, it, it for me, kind of like restored hope in like just our society in general when I would go do <laughs> weddings for the most part because you know, you're usually in your everyday life, a part of like your little circle of your own family, your own friends. You don't often go outside of that small network. And when you get the opportunity to like be involved with this bride's day where it's like so intimate and so beautiful, like you see these conversations um, with family that are just like heartwarming, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, it just makes you feel like, okay, everybody's good. This world is good. (laughs) We're good. Right. So I would always like kind of see those little moments and it would just make me feel good. Have you ever had any anything happen where you're like, wow, this is just like so inspiring or you left a wedding and you're like, oh my gosh, like this was the coolest thing that's ever happened where that's just like really pulled on your heartstrings at all. I mean, I would say I feel like that after all my weddings, just because we spend so much time planning with them. They really do become like family after a year of planning. So I don't know that I can pick a specific. I think if I were to have to pinpoint some things. It's usually when, um, unfortunately there's been a death in the family. Yeah. So, um, I had a client one time where it was actually her father who passed during our wedding planning. And that's really hard on a bride when she envisions her dad walking her down the aisle. So it was touching on the wedding day to, to see the little ways that everybody was honoring to her father. Yeah. Um, or in the toast, for example, like Mm -hmm. when people are giving toast, sometimes the most unexpected things are said during toast. Yeah. And you just like start to tear up because you're like, man, that was a really great toast. And believe me, we've had really bad toast. So when they're really good, you get really emotional. Um, what makes a bad toast? And how can you cut them um, off at the microphone? Too drunk. I can tell you everything about what makes a bad toast. Um, you didn't prepare, you didn't write it down. (laughs) So take note um, for all of you people who have to do speeches. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and then I would say sometimes one of my favorite parts of the day is that first look when the clients see each other for the first time Mm -hmm. and they really realize that today is the day, no matter how many months we've been planning, today's the day we're getting married. They're seeing each other in their actual wedding clothing. Um, so you look like a bride, you look like a groom, whatever it may be. And, um, that's just like really, you know, really, really touching. And adding to the first look or even during the ceremony, I love the personal vows. I love Mm -hmm. when a couple like writes something special to them Mm -hmm. and just reading it to each other. It's such an emotional thing. And I think Mm -hmm. when the families are there and can hear that, that's really cool. It just reminds you why you're there yeah. and the reason for the day. Yeah. Yes. And as a mom, I like always step out of the ballroom during the mother, daughter, fa- or father, daughter, <laughs> mother, son dances. Cause I like literally lose it. Oh, <laughs> so yes. I know it's, yeah, it gets my heartstrings going mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. I don't cry a lot when it has to do with me, but when I see other people mm-hmm. like having emotional things going on, I'm like, Oh my God, I need a Kleenex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. I love it. Um, okay. So for, 
for those that are not as fortunate to have a planner, or it's not in their budget to have a planner. Like, do you have any like small tips, tricks for that more budget friendly bride or somebody who wants to host a party that can't utilize a planner? I would say do your research. I think the most important thing is finding a reliable vendor team okay. for your wedding or for your event. So just making sure use referrals, friends that have used those people, look online, read reviews, like do as much research as you can. Um, Instagram, you know, is really great. But at the end of the day, that's only photos. So finding mm-hmm. out like how that person is going to show up on your day, if they're going to do their job, things like that, I think is is really important. And I, Jenny and I were actually talking about that. It's like the wedding industry and event planning industry, not every professional can be successful in this industry. Um, and there are certain key things I think are important that as a consumer you're looking for when you're planning an event or a mm-hmm. wedding or a party and you're, you know, sourcing out these different vendors. What do you think are some like red flags maybe to look for when you're looking for a vendor? Yeah. I think at the end of the day, being savvy enough to spot vendors who do real events mm-hmm. versus vendors who've just styled a bunch of things for Instagram. Sure. I think that's really huge. And I really, my heart goes out to clients who come to us and they're like, we're firing so-and-so because their Instagram wasn't what we thought. Or, you know, a client who has hired a photographer and their Instagram is beautifully curated and then their actual wedding pictures aren't great from start to finish because they really only knew how to do couples photos or they really only knew how to do detail photos, like whatever it may be. Um, just really making sure you have a savvy enough eye, which does involve your research, like Sarah said, to spot when something is a real wedding versus when something has been stylized. And again, we style things every now and then for our own creative outlets and just trying to work with new vendors who we haven't worked with before. So it's part of our vetting process, but we don't only put that kind of stuff on our Instagram. And sometimes we'll even reference that this was something that was styled or the shoot was styled, or we'll reference the blog entry where we showcased this styled shoot. Um, and I do, you know, try to be really open with that because I want people to know we do yeah. most of the things on our, on our Instagram are real. So at the end of the day, I think a lot of newer businesses, whether they are planning businesses, photography businesses, floral businesses, or whatever, yes, we realize you have to have content, but at the end of the day, you also need to be able to show a client what you can do. The execution, on someone's real day. like creation yeah. versus mm-hmm. execution. Yeah. And also cost. I think if something seems too good to be true, it probably oh, yeah. is. Mm-hmm. So Same just thing in our industry. For yes. sure. Like, for sure. Six dollar Botox. No, thank you. <laughs> Made in a bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> and even for a client who doesn't necessarily know what something should cost, then reach out to several of the mm-hmm. photographers, several florists, and and kind of compare what that is so you can get a good idea of what something should cost. Should somebody ask? a vendor for a portfolio that's not from Instagram? Like, absolutely. 100%. Okay. And not only that, they should ask for personal references. Okay. Love that. So if you are asking a vendor, whether they're just bringing the donkey for your cocktail hour, it doesn't matter. (laughs) I I mean, I wish, I (laughs) I honestly wish there are 
There's a beer donkey company locally who is terrible to work with. So if not only you saw the Instagram posts of all the cuteness of their donkey, if you were to reach out to any of the people who would work with this company, they would tell you it is a nightmare to get to that actual day. So I don't care if they're the person who's photographing your entire wedding or just bringing one small element to your wedding. You need to reach out to personal references. And sometimes that means going on Instagram and seeing the people who've liked their photo, maybe seeing if those people would be willing to message you back. We and all say, love a good Instagram stalking. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. And so if you can say, oh, there I was like 25 <laughs> people who liked Seriously. this photo. Let me reach out and see if one of those people would tell me like, oh, did you actually use this company? Were they good to work with? All of that kind of stuff. Love it. Um, do you have any more budget-friendly tips? Is there anything else that you feel like this is the way you can cut costs? This is the way you can maximize your budget. What do you think? I would say spend where it's going to make the most impact and what people will remember. So typically for larger events, that's going to be your entertainment. People remember the band. People Mm. remember the music. That's kind of what sets the vibe for the party. Yeah. So spending there where it matters, that person is going to emcee or kind of walk you through your whole wedding, especially if you don't have a planner. So I think that's huge. Food and drink, like people want good food. People want a good bar. So spending there and maybe a little bit less on some of the decor items if you are on a budget. Right. Because those may not matter as much as, you know, the food, drink, and entertainment. But I will say as far as budget conscious decor is involved, some of our clients who are like, oh, I'm just going to make my own invitations or I'm just going to make my own centerpieces. We don't really do a whole lot of that anymore. But I I used to see a lot of that once the DIY kind of like movement came through. <laughs> right. It is not less expensive to do that. No, like, totally. It is not. not. So unless you're somebody who is a crafter and you love that stuff. And so for you, that time is well spent. Right. Don't do any of that. Like I would just nix the, you know, homemade chandelier over buying all the stuff to Nick's make the, the homemade, homemade chandelier. chandelier. Nick's <laughs> the homemade face mask. Yeah. Don't do any of that bullshit. And seriously, you pay more to fix it. Yeah, yeah truly. Too. I mean, totally. And it's so much more work. I mean, like on mm-hmm. your wedding, who's going to set that up? Who's going to take that down? Like no one wants to do that. Totally. I would say my favorite way to cut on your decor budget is to really focus your event on more of like a cocktail style party versus a sit down party. Mm-hmm. You have less tables, less centerpieces. The centerpieces are smaller. You have less linens you're renting. You have less chairs you're renting. So if you really want a high-end event and you want it to look really chic from start to finish, just one, maybe invite less people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and <You're> two, <laughs> um, just restructure your event so that you don't have to have as many decor items as you would if you were seating a dinner for 115 people yeah, right. with china and glassware and all of that stuff that costs money. Where do you guys like to find some of your details? If we're not doing the DIY thing, like where is an easy spot people can go to find a nice eclectic group of options for decor? There are a lot of companies Will you share your secret? (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, there are a lot of companies that have really kind of bought into this detail focus generation. And so in the last like five to 10 years, we really have seen an increase in places like the confetti studio that sources little unique pieces at vintage. Yeah. Vintage. They literally go to Goodwill and find cool, you know, cake stands and yeah, I don't know all, all the place settings. Um, and then like furniture outlets, um, that will have, you know, different pieces that you can rent for lounges. Um, details, I mean, Details can be really inexpensive, I think. Totally. If you're looking at trying to make your event really personalized, 
Um, just having like, for example, for example, the cocktail napkin, almost every event we do has a cocktail napkin. Well, the cocktail napkin doesn't have to have your monogram on it. It could have mm-hmm. fun little Q and a questions for people to ask each other at cocktail hour. It can have I love that. Mm-hmm. I've never really seen that cool, actually. you know, cute. dates that represent something with in your relationship or your it fur can baby. be, yeah. yeah, it can be your fur. We've had fur babies that. on bar <laughs> menus all the time. We had fur babies for table numbers, like things that you Cute. already have to do. You can really personalize those and and really yeah. kind of detail them out yeah. in, a, in a better way. Totally. Is there like a general like rule of thumb you would say as far as, I guess, outside of weddings, if you're having an event, how much alcohol and how much food do you need per person, like per head count? Is there like a way to, for people to kind of pre-plan that? There is. I mean, it's really hard to say without knowing the number of guests. And then it kind of depends. Are they wine drinkers? Do they like red? Do they like white? Do they like vodka? Do you want a full bar? We want full bar. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That we'd have to know kind of the guest count and then how many hours. Like if someone were having a shower, say like a Uh a smaller scale and you're expecting 50 people, like Uh how much wine should somebody have for that? Or like a half a bottle of champagne per person? person? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I would probably say that. And then Mm -hmm. really just deciding if you're going to, if there were mimosas, and you have juices, like if you're going to have four different kinds of juices or two different kinds of juices, like that kind of stuff. It is really hard, I will say. So one of the things that we tell our clients when they are doing personal parties or if we have house parties or birthday parties or whatever is um, go to a place where you can return mm-hmm. unopened bottles. Because you still, if you're having 30 people over to your house for a shower, I've thrown plenty of baby showers in my day. You still don't know if these people are going to like literally hit the champagne or not. Right. So I've had tons of champagne left over at showers before. And I've been like literally raiding my closets for more towards the end of the shower before. So, and I'm a party planner for a living. So it's hard when you're doing kind of those calculations, any of the BevMo's total wines, Costco's, even their beverage people can also help you determine like if you're going to do a certain size handle or bottle versus another size bottle, they can help you determine really what what you need at the end of the day. And then they'll also take it back if it's unopened. Mm-hmm. That's good. So I would talk to, yes. yes. I would talk to the professional. If you don't have a planner and even if you do have a planner, you know, talk to the person who is at the actual location where you're buying the liquor and you're like, Hey, these are the five things I'm going to buy for this many people. What do you think? Mm-hmm. That's a good tip. So, I love that. Mm-hmm. You mentioned, um, about blogs. I want to kind of transition subjects a little bit. Let's talk mm-hmm. about blogs because you guys have been in a ton of blogs. You've been published mm-hmm. and you guys always showcase the most beautiful content, most beautiful imagery. What now do you think are the most relevant wedding blogs that brides should be going to to source inspiration from? I would say Style Me Pretty for sure. That's like the Is OG it still of in existence blogs. or was there, yes. were they on hiatus? <laughs> yes. Yeah, what happened? happened with that? Can you explain okay. that? We I, were explain. I was devastated. I yes. was devastated. Because people are wondering this. Yeah. So what happened with that? Tell us. Yeah. That. So Style Me Pretty definitely was the first wedding blog out there that created this big traction of people following blogs for advice and style and all of that good stuff. It was sold. Um, the owners sold it to AOL and then they kind of just like let it go on the back burner and they decided that they were going to no longer keep it going because it wasn't as important to them as a lot of the other things that they were doing. Um, at that time, the original owners then bought it back. Oh, and got it I back. love that. Yeah. Like, um, give me my baby back. <laughs> basically, the the wedding industry, were, we were all panicked because I got an email long with that time, one. I was panicked yeah. and I wasn't even in the wedding industry. I was like, why is this happening? I love looking at I think when blogs first became so big, people were so focused on getting their name out there in a way to, to advertise their company. 
And that was what Style Me Pretty was really great at is showcasing not only really great style, but also, you know, advertising and really uplifting all of the really good vendors in the, in the market. And once you took that away, everyone would lose all of that and they would lose the SEO associated with that. And sure. so that's why a lot of the people in the wedding industry really just encouraged Abby and Tate to buy it back. Okay. And now it's still running and it's still great yeah, and it still it. has a lot of great Because there's just tons of others. There's like carrots and cake. Carrots and cake is great. I like okay. that one. Yes. Yes. We know one. Jess really well. She does a great job of curating that website. Awesome. Um, That's a good resource. It's a great resource. And they they have a different... Um, mindset mindset than the style me pretty and so i think for the vendors who are involved in carrots and cake it's really more of like a a vendor related site as well so you don't always necessarily get these huge blog entries with these beautiful love stories but you get kind of the nitty gritty of here's what they did at this place and here's how it turned out and so it's kind of like more quick information if you will good i love i like that Mm -hmm. the realness the realness. And then I would just say, yeah, I would say other than that, like there's party slate out there is great. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of really good information, especially if you're doing something non-wedding related. Um, Party slate is awesome for that. And then, um, you know, there's a lot of like wedding wires and the knot, Martha Stewart weddings, gray likes weddings, wedding chicks, wedding chicks. Um, Magnolia Rouge is probably one of my personal favorites mm-hmm. just because it's my personal style. Mm-hmm. Martha um, Stewart, Martha, yeah. Martha. Love you, they Martha. all kind of have a different feel and vibe. <laughs> I mentioned Martha like. like in every episode. So Martha <laughs> Martha's your, your drinking Martha game girl. that you guys <laughs> should have that skin. Seriously. <laughs> what was our last <laughs> drinking <laughs> game? Our last drinking game was Oh, oh no! Entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial ship like one hundred and fifty thousand times. If you're still listening, drink again. Yeah. Um, but actually, speaking of entrepreneurship, um, you guys are entrepreneurs. Like you guys are badass boss babes, and you guys co-own Amoni together, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. How so, did you meet? Yeah, how did you guys meet? Sarah was my bride. Oh, um, and it. while we were working on her wedding, she was like so eager. It was cute. She was like, I really want to do this for a living, which I'm going to tell you guys, we hear a lot while people are planning their wedding. I want to be a wedding planner. And so I kind of instituted a rule that I would not let people work for me while I was working for them. And right, so I sat right. her down to lunch and basically told her that. And I was like, and once you get married, if you still want to do this, then we can have a chat. Yeah. And like literally like hours after she was married, she was like, okay, can we have that chat now? So <laughs> I'm um, ready. And then <laughs> she started working for me and she was the first planner ever in the history of working for me. She reached all her sales goals within eight months of working for me. And she was just like killing it. Love and it. so I saw a lot of potential in her. And when I got to a place where I was like, I don't want to do this alone anymore. Again, I have three kids. I'm tired. Yes. Um, <laughs> I was like, I need some, like someone else to kind of like invigorate this yeah, you business and partner with. And so Sarah was like, literally she goes, I, I want in, I'm in. <laughs> so that's, here we are. Here we, we are. are. We are doing it. Yes. It's good when you find those girl bosses and partners. And, yeah. Find yes. In. yeah. Yes. Totally. I love it. Um, okay. So every person that's listening right now wants to be the hostess with the mostest these days. So mm-hmm. give us one tip. If they could leave with one thing, what would you tell them? If you want to be the hostess with the mostest, you have to do this, have to do it. Oh man. Does one it have tip? to be something that they like do at their event? 
Because I, I would say chill out. Chill. Like, good. what is the air of uh, <laughs> a, a good hostess? Chill. And chill. Also, you have to chill out because mm. if you are not having fun, host the party. Ain't no Kill one gonna have fun at your party. And people that feel gross. uncomfortable when you're like it's running around yeah. and cleaning. It's a vibe they like, feel. Yes, people feel like they can't set their drink you're down. Like an intruder. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. my problem. Like when I do have people at my house, I like clean as people are there because I can't stop myself. Right. That's a good tip for me. Like sit down and have a drink. I would just say like you've planned if you plan accordingly. I mean, if you didn't plan and now you have people over at your house and you're freaking out, you probably should be freaking out. (laughs) You didn't plan. But if you plan accordingly and you get everything situated the way that you want it and everyone's arriving, you should be having a good time so that they can be having a good time. That is just the reality. I've been trying to set a goal for myself with events where I have an hour ahead of time that I'm actually need to be ready. And then I can have like a dressing drink. Yes. yes. Get in my Little zone. Yeah. 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 And then I'm like not that. scurrying around yep. putting salsa in dishes. And yeah. even if yeah. you don't have a budget for a planner, like most of us know like a babysitter or like a high school kid who needs like some money on the side, like pay this person like 15. I mean, don't have them like serving alcohol because that's illegal, but like <laughs> Pay them like $15 an hour to like refill your chips and guacamole, like yeah. whatever it may be yeah. that That's you're like idea. putting That is a good idea. Like, I mean, just put that on the next pay store. them yeah. to, to be there. And if they are over 21, pay them to like pop champagne and keep it on ice and do all of that good stuff. I mean, there's no reason why you have to be the person doing that. Um, we have a lot of clients who, even when we're there, they'll have their house cleaners come for the three hours that they're doing that party. And their house cleaner is, is running around so cleaning the house. Genius. Not us. Genius. Um, not you guys as, as the party host. So I think those would be my tips. At all a- under the umbrella of chill them chill. out. Yeah. Chill. Yeah, that is going to be the mantra. Chill. The chill vibe. Chill vibe. I love it. What about you, Sarah? I don't know. She's like, I'm in agreement. Just chill the F out. Jenny's so like adamant about that. Um, Hashtag chill. We're just going to roll with that. I don't know. I mean, just have fun. Like you're having the event to have fun. So just enjoy it. And not just the day of, but the process of planning the event and putting the guest list and picking out the decor. Like have fun. Have fun. Yeah. People yeah. get so, so simple, involved. but when, it's so true. Like have fun. Oh, I have another one. I would say if you're just throwing a party at your house, do not forget the music. Oh, oh yes. yes. I think sometimes people forget that part because it's just not like a natural thing you think about. You think about booze, you think about food, you think yeah. about decor. Yeah. Um, but definitely having like a real good playlist oh, yeah. or even just somebody who can play, you know, the also, guitar and sing or yeah. something. Just like, don't forget the entertainment, the music, because that really creates a vibe. It's like and let DJ. your neighbors know. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. E- invite them, let them know, especially if you're going to have loud music, because nothing's worse than when the cops come at 10 p.m. Yeah, that's so, so true. Invite them. them. Or if invite the cops them. come at 6 p.m. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and you're like, we're 36. What's going on? <laughs> well, ladies, thank you so much for being here. For yeah. all of our listeners, where can they find you? What's your um, website? So our website is imanievents.com, which is I-M-O-N-I, events with an S.com. Uh, Sarah and I are actually Jennifer at imanievents.com. And then Sarah is Sarah with two R's at imanievents.com. Um, you can find us on Instagram at imani underscore events. And then you can also find us, you know, Facebook, Pinterest, Pinterest all of those places, but definitely Instagram and our website. We are actually in the process of rebranding our website. Oh, and cool. by process, I mean the end of the process. <laughs> so you'll see a really cool new brand um, just beautifully curated by us um, awesome. in the next couple months. We will exciting. Yeah. looking at that. Yeah. And thank you so much. Today, class is dismissed.
Thank you, ladies. Thank Thank you. you. (laughs) Thanks for tuning into that last episode. Make sure to stay connected with us. Go to wherever you download your favorite podcast to subscribe to Charm School and be the first to know when our newest episode is released. You can also connect with us on Instagram at Charm School Podcast. In addition, you can check out our personal Instagram accounts at Nurse Annabelle and at Esthetician Jenna. Also peep our blog at charmschoolpodcast.com. Hashtag welcome Welcome to to Charm Charm School. School.